0: Welcome to another 3rd Flatiron science fiction podcast. With winter dwindling and mud season fast approaching, the scene opens upon a World War I ambulance driver with a full load of wounded soldiers, and she's hopelessly stuck. We present Celinda Tyson's aptly named story, Mud. It's a story full of bravery and hope. Salinda grew up near Pennsylvania Amish country and began writing while living in San Francisco and working for a small newswire. She took Marta Randall's science fiction fantasy workshop at UC Berkeley Extension. Salinda's story first appeared in the anthology Terra, Terra, Terror. For more from 3rd Flatiron, check out our website at thirdflatiron.com and subscribe to our feed. You can support our podcasts at patreon.com slash And now, here's Mud, read by Incan Purvis.
1: Mud by Celinda Tyson The ambulance had stalled, its engine sputtering to a halt. The tires were knee-deep in mud. It was pouring rain again at the dressing station. Sarah heaved out of the cab... "'slogged through sucking mud to the front of the vehicle, "'grabbed the crank and turned it. "'Nothing. "'Again she cranked. "'Again. "'No spit, no cough, no purr of the engine. "'She stood there in the inferno of dirt and rain, "'tears streaking her face. "'Her waking days were full of fog-swathed stretches of nightmare, "'real or imaginary, she could no longer tell. "'In her dreams she followed Tommies and Doughboys,' stumbling through a snaking maze of trenches where crude signposts pointed to the ninth circle of hell. Medics bore wounded men moaning and bleeding on stretchers improvised from the duckboards the men laid on the trench bottoms to keep the mud from pulling off their boots. All a grey or black or sepia world. No colour anywhere but the sudden red blossom of a wound and even that quickly turned rusty brown. She staggered. How many shades of grey existed in this ravaged place? Images flitted through her brain. The shattered face of a German prisoner, so skeletal. Were their troops starving? The pinched ashen grey of men's faces, of the stubble on their chins, the tender grey of mustaches sprouting on boyish upper lips, the white flash of men's teeth as they grinned, relieved for an hour to kick a dirty black-and-white football cheering each other on, joyous as boys. She sniffed. Could she still smell anything other than the stench of death? Carbolic lotion and BIPP, bismuth salve. These were the sharp sense of civilized hope, of healing, of care. This morning she had started up in bed, her heart pounding in tandem with the background pulse of artillery. She shuddered. Yesterday she had mistaken a buzzing fly for an approaching plane jumped out of her skin, then laughed and cried. Several nurses and drivers had joined in the cry and laugh as they cradled cups of coffee in their cold hands. Under her breath she cursed. The front had taught her many quite creative oaths and rants. Curses were a litany to distract one from lack of hope. Because too often there was no more she could do for the suffering. No more bandages, no more laudanum, no more stretchers, no more aspirin even. When had she last slept well, eaten a decent meal? She could no longer recall. Her hands shook as she raised them to her eyes. Cotton wool filled her ears. The roar of the big guns, the bursts and hiss of the German pieces and the French guns, the Allied machine gun fire, all blurred together, blotted reality. Her heart beat in time with the artillery shells. Please God, she whispered. Whoever or whatever remains of compassion help me get these soldiers to the base hospital. Twenty-five miles or so to the chateau, whose sand-bagged underground wine cellars and storerooms served as a casualty ward. Not so far. Was her dream of serving her country and its troops a hopeless illusion? Calm, calm, she thought. She rocked to soothe herself. She was muttering a lullaby holding the badly wounded boy's hand, trying not to see the damage inflicted on his young body, trying not to imagine the future he might return to if he lived, his body so badly maimed. The ground shifted under her feet. Were these sensations the result of meagre food and shell shock? Not just vibrations from the thud of artillery? German miners, no doubt, setting explosives and tunnels they had dug towards the Allied trenches. Damn the bastards who would not spare a field-dressing station. The dog, the regimental pet, a champion ratter, was shaking at the eerie screams and thumps of the bombardment, her long, thin legs trembling with each shock. She paced and whined, dark, liquid brown eyes fixed on Sarah. Here, girl, she held out her hand. The Rat Queen approached, sniffed and licked her fingertips. Sarah swayed as she stood up. The unsteady ground heaved and surged like waves under a boat's keel. A rumble came from beneath her feet. Enemy sappers? A hideous new weapon? Or had the mud come alive, ready to suck them all in, so that their bodies, hopes, memories and dreams dissolved into its oozing mass? Was the greedy mud a vast, all-devouring creature pulling them deeper and deeper into the ground, a monster slurping at their flesh and sucking the marrow from their bones? One wounded boy, who was probably older than he looked, chanted, "'On with my googly, up with my gun, up to fight the bloody Hun!' He batted at his face, pulled at the mask's straps and nose and mouthpieces. Alarmed that he might crawl off the stretcher, Sarah eased his shoulders back gently. "'I'll see your mask is on when necessary, dear,' she said. "'Don't worry about fighting the Huns.' Sarah swallowed. "'Not for now, anyway.' She repressed a scream. Stay calm, stay calm. Oh, to be at home in a clean bed far from this endless horror. I must go start the ambulance, she said, letting the soldier's hand slip from hers. If she no longer held his hand, would he slip into darkness as so many did? She cranked the engine, praying for a sputter, and hoisted herself into the ambulance. Try it again. Again, the engine gurgled, sputtered, and refused to catch. She cursed. The ambulance was useless. Had she flooded the engine? She stepped out, leaning on the door, disgusted. A horse ambulance struggled uphill, the team lathered and wild-eyed. She wondered how long the horses would survive. How long would the shells miss them? Can you take some of my wounded? she cried. She gestured to the six litters full of bloodied men. Rat Queen trotted delicately among the men, yipping and whining sticking her nose into the pale faces. One soldier laughed, reached a bandaged hand up to stroke the dog's neck. My men, still alive, Sarah thought. Pray God, get them out of this mess. Is the dog a better nurse to them than I? A definite morale booster. Rat Queen suddenly froze, stiff-legged, ears cocked and howled. She put her muzzle to the ground, sniffing. Oh, gods no, not more gas, Sarah thought. She sniffed. No lavender scent that came when phosgene shells burst. Her gas mask hung by its strap around her neck, ever ready to be put on if a wooden ratchet noisemaker signalled gas, or if a whiff of mustard cut the air. The horse ambulance driver and his assistant jumped out, stalked along the line of litters. The older man came to her side. "Ma'am," he said softly, "'you'll never get them in the truck, even if you can start it. "'We can take two. The rest—' His partner looked northeast. Shells are coming closer. We think mustard this time. We've got to go. Come with us and we'll send an ambulance back for them. He jerked his chin toward the men on the litters. We can shift them into the trench for some shelter. Both men tried to start the truck, but had no luck. If you don't come with us now, we're going, the older man said. We'll take one more. The pair loaded three stretchers, the most serious casualties, into the wagon bed. The younger nodded to Sarah and slapped the outside horse on the haunch. Get up! The sturdy draft horses plodded uphill, reeking of sweat and fear. A second ambulance crew loaded two men inside, leaving their engine running. The driver and his mate shoved the truck until it caught traction on less mucky terrain. Walk ahead until we get to more solid ground. This ridge feels unstable. It may collapse. We'll take you and send someone back. He held a muddy hand towards Sarah. She shook her head. I cannot leave the last man. Five safe, five taken toward the hospital. I did my job. You'll be overrun. Go, she waved her hand, angry now. So I will die with my charge, she thought, the Rat Queen and I. So be it. A shell hit west of the ruined trenches, but closer. The sound splintered Sarah's headache. The Rat Queen wagged her stump tail furiously, whining at intervals. She was sniffing all the length of the little hill. A long, gentle, tapered hump not yet cratered by shellfire. Rather like a barrow to Sarah. One of those ancient tombs that Gran had said ghosts and fairies haunted. Earth moved, sliding downhill. First small balls of soil and clods, then handfuls. Something was emerging from below. Sarah felt for her service revolver. The cold, ugly metal shape in her coat pocket. She had never used it. Could she use it when enemy sappers emerged from the tunnel to capture or kill the wounded soldier? The Rat Queen barked, a friendly bark, a greeting. Another shell thudded down ever closer, shaking them, spewing up a fountain of dirt. But the brown and white terrier, who had won fame by killing rats in the trenches, yipped a greeting. She began digging, paws flying. Gradually it emerged beside the wounded man in the litter. What the bloody hell's happening? the soldier cried. I'm hallucinating, Sarah thought. Too little sleep, too much stress, too much infernal mud. She squinted. The thing rising was earth-coloured, ancient, its skin pitted and scaled, uneven and rough as the terrain of the battleground. It drew itself up. A head emerged with scaly pointed ears and a long snout, a tongue flicked out, tasting the world, huge eyes opened. Golden eyes as old as time with slit pupils like a monstrous cat. A dragon. Climbing from the earth, not German sappers, but a creature from dreams and fairy tales. Drawing its wings after it from the crumbling soil. A huge clawed foot grasped the edge of the pit it had rested in. Its armoured belly slid on the ground. It rumbled. Its tail lashed and fine clods of earth showered from it. Huge wings flexed and spread, showering soil. I'm insane, Sarah thought, delusional. Tears burned her eyes. Too little sleep, too much death. She laughed nervously. Must have been hit by a fusillade or shrapnel or breathed some new gas. Must be having a vision while I die. Like those reports of men who claim to see angels on the battlefield. Sometimes they live, sometimes they die. But they swear they have seen marvels. "'Celestial beings!' "'She swayed, sank to her knees, and vomited. "'She stared into the golden eyes. "'Act!' the creature bade her, with a wordless compulsion. "'The Rat Queen stood her ground, cocked her head, "'and sniffed at the dragon's snout. "'Shaking, Sarah wiped her sleeve across her mouth "'and worked with a dreamlike, almost drunken efficiency. "'She grabbed a coil of rope from the ambulance the rope meant to help horse teams pull vehicles from the mud. "'Can you get aboard?' she asked the wounded man. He rolled off the litter at the dragon's side. She dragged the litter atop the beast and helped the soldier half-slide, half-crawl onto it. Running rope under the scaled belly, she tied the wounded man onto the dragon's broad back, touching its scaled hide to assure herself it was real. Trembling, she struggled aboard, patting her lap for the dog. It leapt into her arms and licked her face. The great creature crawled over the ground faster and faster. From the lip of a deep crater full of broken caissons, dead horses and men, and the stench of death and despair, it launched into the air, gliding over the ruin of the battlefield toward the field hospital, the chateau at Compiegne. Sarah clasped the hand of the boy with a gauze swathed face. I'm Sarah, she said. Sham, he mumbled. His fingers closed on hers with a strong grip, a good sign. He muttered the motto the soldiers used during bombardments. If the shell's got my name on it, it'll get me. If it hasn't, it won't. She murmured the words along with him, peering at his cap badge. Royal Berkshire's? Was the shape above the regimental name a lion rampant? No. She swiped away tears. A dragon? She stared at it and wept until she could not see. The wounded soldier was crying too, tears leaking from his left eye beneath the bandage. Regiment got the name and badge, he muttered, in the Opium Wars in China, in old Queen Victoria's day. The dragon, concealed in a fast-drifting blanket of fog and reeking artillery smoke, soared toward the chateau. Bullets ripped into its wings and body. The dragon shrieked and faltered, climbed into the clouds and glided on. Sarah smelled blood. She lay along its neck, whispering encouragement. Great heart, great heart, not much farther. The stench of gunpowder made her cough. Far beneath them passed the ravaged land. But the old queen's world was indeed shattered, all fairy tales, except for the dragon, gone in this terrible destruction, this bloody, monstrous, steel-fanged birth of the modern world and its killing machines. A haze of artillery bombardment obscured the dragon as it skimmed into a wooded meadow near the chateau and landed roughly. Sarah fell from its back. The dragon drew shuddering breaths, its gold eyes dimming. Bullets and shellfire had tattered its wings and ripped off an ear. She embraced its neck, laid her face against its chest, felt the heartbeat slowing. Tears etched down Sarah's cheeks as she unknotted the rope harness and dragged the litter free. She rolled the soldier onto the litter, apologizing for the pain it caused him and the beast. The Rat Queen whined, tail wagging briskly, touched noses with the beast and licked its face. Sarah stared into the ancient eyes. Thank you, she said. I thought there was no magic left in this insane world, but of course we have killed it all. She saluted the dragon, knelt with her hands on its side, and bowed her head to it. "'leaning her forehead against the scaled flank, "'praying her warmth could offer comfort. "'The dragon voice rasped in her brain, its eyes shone. "'There will always be magic in the world. "'It cannot all be killed, no matter how men try.' "'Slowly, painfully, the mortally wounded creature crawled forward "'and clawed its way back into the earth. "'Hospital staff were far too busy to question the arrival "'of a clearly delusional wounded soldier,' attended by a frantic terrier and the shell-shocked nurse who dragged the man to the casualty ward on a litter. Thanks for
0: listening to this podcast from thirdflatiron.com. Original music by Disco Volante. Sound production was by Andrew Cairns.